Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. Hey, Betties. Welcome to the Better Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Stephanie. It is geeky magic time where I step away from the interviews and just talk to you. It's just going to be me and you today. And these episodes, I'm going to bring you personal insights, frequently asked questions, topic du jour in a more condensed, quick, and actionable way. I go hard on the geek, wrap it up with sprinkles and magic for you to do and be better. All right, Bettys, we are going to talk about fasting and how to do that around the holidays. This is one of the topics that comes up, especially this time of year. There's weight gain. We're thinking about the stress from the holidays. We're thinking about comfort foods. And of course, the question becomes like, should I have the food? Shouldn't I have the food? I am a huge fan of the Bio Optimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, taurate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovery and health, the list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. Don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature. We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family, and over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk. And my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. This is our apreski. We cozy up with Element Hot After Hours on our cross-country trails. Now, for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea Chocolate Medley and enjoy them hot as I have been doing with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box 
free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate, Melody, you love the best. You know, Thanksgiving is coming up for our Americans, uh, our American cousins, as I like to say. And this is sort of the unofficial kickoff to the winter holiday season. Of course, we have Black Friday and then, you know, the month of December is just basically, you know, parties and food and chocolates and, uh, you know, get togethers that can really uh, stress people out. And, you know, I think that when we think about comfort foods, I mean, I definitely have those comfort foods. My husband, I know he's a sucker for a good tiramisu. And I, Betty's, I love a good baked pasta. You know, there's like a macaroni and cheese, homemade, you know, the crust that's like baked in the oven. And then that crust is all like the pasta's all hard and the cheese and the butter. I mean, what is the point? of a baked mac and cheese if you cannot take off the entire top layer. That's a piece, a beautiful, crunchy piece of crust. But I digress. Um, (laughs) The question I get from so many women who are following any type of diet, whether it's the Estima diet or just some diet where they're trying to lose weight, is what the heck do I do when I have all of this kryptonite food around me? So maybe it's, maybe for you, it's not tiramisu or baked mac and cheese. Maybe it's, you know, pies or it's turkey stuffing or it's you know, whatever it is, mashed potatoes, lemon meringue pie, whatever. And here's here's where I fall on this. So I'm, I'm going to give you some strategies today on how to combat lots of food. But I am of the opinion that life is for living, Betty. And food is for me, and I know this is true for a lot of men and women, it brings me an extraordinary amount of pleasure. I just happen to, I mean, I just happen to love cooking and baking, but I just love the smells of the holiday and the, just the beautiful idea of putting you know, several baked dishes and the turkey that's been in the oven for several hours. Like, I just love that. And I think that I'm just not going to stop that because if I don't, if I'm constantly restricting myself, if I'm constantly restricting my pleasure, which food is very pleasurable for me, my overall adherence to any diet is going to be compromised because what is the point of, you know, I sort of imagine, you know, this like grayed out world where someone just walks walking and it's raining and it's like, it's sort of like Eeyore's existence from Winnie the Pooh, right? It's like, if you don't have anything to look forward to, you know, whether that's a holiday dinner or or even just a diet break, you know, what is the point? And I, I fully enjoy my holiday dinners with my family. I also don't gain weight. And I wanted to share with you what I think are some health, healthy, balanced uh, approaches that you can listen to and maybe try out this year um, around big holiday meals, around gatherings. And just in general, in win- during the wintertime, we see a, a huge surge of sugar, right? So it sort of kicks off around Halloween and we get lots of candies for Halloween. And then we have Thanksgiving where there's lots of, you know, carb-laden foods, of course, which just turn into glucose in the body. And then we have Christmas. And then into the new year, you'll also see this around Valentine's Day as well, where there's just, people are just 
you know, like drug addicts, all the <laughs> Hallmark and otherwise, and Godiva and Lindt and every and all of them are just pushing chocolate like drug, uh, like drug pushers. So uh, just be aware that this is tis the season for excess sugar, but there are some approaches that you can um take. And we're going to specifically talk about fasting today. So obviously from the title of this podcast, uh, you know, we're talking about fasting and there are going to be, I'm going to outline for you two ways that I like to use it around a big meal. Now, I am going to outline this with the assumption that you already have some familiarity with fasting. If intermittent fasting or or even fasting that lasts longer than a day, if this is completely new to you, I would recommend that you check out our first Ask Me Anything. It was all about fasting. I'll put that in the show notes. And then we also, I did a geeky magic episode and I believe I called it the three levers of fasting. So I would love for you to check those out to get you started. And then you can apply what I'm going to outline here. You can take what those, the information in those two podcasts, and you can maybe not do as long a fast as I'm going to talk about here or as aggressive um, as an approach. So two options. The first, when I know that there's going to be a big dinner, so if it's a Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas meal, what have you, the week leading up to the dinner, I will tighten up my already relatively low carbohydrate eating style to almost no carbohydrates. So I am going keto or bust. So my Italian uh, father-in-law would say, e basta, you know, keto e basta, you know, so keto or bust. And depending on where I am in my cycle, I will either do a 24-hour fast leading up to the meal. So if we know that the meal is going to happen on Saturday or Sunday, then 24 hours before that meal, I will do a 24-hour fast. It's a water fast. I might, if I'm if I'm in my follicular phase, like in the first two weeks of my cycle, I might squeak out a 36-hour. Uh, I've also done a 48-hour in the past. Um, there's no the point. There's no right or wrong here. It's simply how good you're feeling, where you are in your cycle. Um, so if you're a woman, your first two weeks of your cycle is the follicular phase. You tend to be much more resilient to longer fast during that time. You also want to be considering what your sleep is like, how stressed out you are. If you know the ant that's always going to cause drama is coming over, you know, you want to, you want to take all these things into consideration. So there's no right or wrong um, answer here in, in terms of how long you fast. If you are someone who's new to fasting, Maybe you just want to do a 12 hour, right? Maybe you want to do a, th- a 12 or 14 hour fast leading up to the to the meal. And, you know, I, I always like to, for my, for my ladies and my gents that are, if this is your first fasting rodeo, you know, honestly, anything that's 12 hours or more, like that's just, you know, that's just aces, right? Anything that you can do on top of that is just going to be, you know, the cherry on top. But 12, 14 hours for my noobs. And if you are someone who's already practicing intermittent fasting, I would try a 24 or 36 or even a 48 hour fast, depending on where you are. So that's sort of like the week before I'm in ketosis. So it's like almost no carbohydrates. So I am, and then I will, the day before I will, at least the day before go into a 24 hour fast, maybe even two days before. And then on the day of, so the day of the Thanksgiving meal, the day of the Christmas meal, I will do a workout, a cardio workout, which is going to be a combination of zone two training 
and high intensity interval training with a slightly heavier lean towards HIT. So I'll kind of, it'll be sort of a bit of a mashup between the two. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say zone two, go back and listen to last week's Geeky Magic on chronic cardio. I go through the, what I think is a thorough explanation of what that is, but it's essentially, you know, what we're doing here is we're utilizing a combination of type one and type two muscle fibers, which are going to be both fat burning but the hit, the high intensity interval training is going to get you into like into that glycolysis or that glycolytic state. So what I'm trying to do here, the whole point of this cardio workout is I'm trying to deplete my glycogen stores in both my liver and in my muscles so that when I do eat my crusty mac and cheese pasta, I am, and all the other things that are assuredly going to be carbohydrate laden, like I'm having the gravy and I know I'm having the mash, you know, I am first going to be replenishing the glycogen stores in my liver and my muscles first ahead of those being stored as triglycerides, which is the storage form in your adipose tissue. I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near-infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster, and of course, stress reduction. With the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna, it's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount. That is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout. So... That's sort of the week leading up to it. I will also, and I just actually think this is a healthy practice for anyone to do after dinner. So after you've had the feast, I actually like to move. So I will take the kitties. I'll take my husband. Uh, sometimes I'll go with my father-in-law and we'll go for a walk outside, even though it's freezing, but we're getting some mitochondrial biogenesis there. And, um, it's just so beautiful to have a postprandial or post meal walk helps with your digestion and you know it takes away that like oh my god i got to change my pants cuz my belly is so full like it gets rid of that full feeling and when you're using big muscle groups like your legs you are going to be as you are as your body is digesting that food and it's turning into blood glucose if your legs are working your body is going to throw the the blood glucose into the muscles and giovanni and i have also been known my partner um giovanni and i we've also been known to squat and to lunge after um, after dinner with our kids on our back sometimes. And that's more a geo thing. I tend to, I like to do what I call kitty bell swings, which is get my kids kind of scooped up in like a swing and then I'll do a squat and like kind of swing them up and down. So it's like a kettlebell swing, but uh, kitty bell swing is the name that we have in our house for that. And basically what we're doing there is we're using our big muscle groups, right? Legs and back, they're going to sop up the blood glucose and get it out or prevent it from becoming triglycerides or adipose tissue. And of course, 
uh, once the glucose is in the muscle, it doesn't it doesn't come out of the muscle. So uh, it's trapped, so to speak, in the muscle for either immediate use by the muscle or for later, it'll store it as glycogen for later use. So if you're able to get some movement after dinner, this is a really great thing. And I would say that anytime that you have a big meal or even just a meal, it's really nice to move afterwards. It just helps with digestion, especially for those of us that have, you know, distend like in a distended abdomen or you feel kind of sluggish or, you know, bloated, distended, kind of gassy after eating, like the walking really does help that. So that is the um, uh, postprandial um, uh, walking. And this is honestly the easiest thing for me to do, right? Uh, rather than tell my aunt and uncle or my my mother and father-in-law to change their recipes, you know, which they're so proud of. And they're, you know, this is their tradition. They want to bring the lasagna. They want to bring the, you know, we still get to honor and enjoy our cultural foods. We enjoy some wine, you know, maybe we even get a little tipsy. Cannot confirm or deny, but might be there. And then, you know, we just, you know, we unravel a little bit in terms of how tightly we sometimes hold ourselves and just enjoy the company that we have. So that's sort of strategy number one is leading up to the meal. Some of the things that I talked about going in keto, 24 hour fast, hit training, and then a postprandial meal. Sometimes um, I... Um, I do not have the time. I actually don't. Sometimes I forget that there's a holiday coming up. You know, I'm homeschooling my children, doing the podcast, running the business. Like sometimes I actually have no idea where we are. So I will find that like the next day is the holiday and I'm like, oh, damn. So, um, if I have not had time or didn't plan ahead to do my keto diet or the HIIT training or jumping into a fast, um, what I will what I will uh, do is I will actually jump into the fast after the meal. And this has also been a saving grace for me when things are super busy like they have been this year. Um, so what I might do is I will, after I will still enjoy, have my wine, have my baked pasta, all the things I will still go for a postprandial walk. Like I will always do that because it just helps. I, it just makes me feel great, but, um, I will jump into the next day, um, you know, 24, uh, again, depending on where I am in my cycle, 24 hour, maybe even a 48, or if I can punch it out and I'm in, I'm feeling good, a 72 hour fast after the meal. And the postprandial fast, so the postmeal fast is going to do almost the same thing as a preprandial keto, but it's just going to work it in reverse, right? So, you know, if you have the big meal and you haven't depleted your glycogen stores, um, doing the fast is going to deplete the glycogen stores that you have in the liver and the muscles first. And then, you know, for most people, we have about a day or two's worth of glycogen stored in, in those um, uh, in those organs. So minimum 24-hour fast is really going to use that up. And then we can get into, after that 24-hour period, we can begin to unlock fat, right? To use that as, as energy. And just as a as a little asterisk, because I, I know that this question will come up, I always continue to work out normally, whether I am fasting or pre-prandially, post-prandially, I'm doing a 24-hour fast, I'm doing a 16-hour fast, I'm doing a 72-hour fast, I always work out. This is a mechanical stimulation, especially when you are doing this short stint of caloric restriction. Like if you were doing this 24-hour fast, either on the, you know, on the front of the uh, former or latter, like on the front or the back end of the of the meal, um, 
it will help to maintain the muscle that you have and it'll help get rid of water as well. Remember that whenever we're having, um, whenever you have carbohydrates that are stored, one molecule of glucose is stored with three to four molecules of water. So I will always continue to work out because you're going to be sweating. You're going to be using the glycogen. You're going to be getting rid of water. And, you know, quite frankly, when we, when you're working out, you're actually using the the glycogen stores in the muscle. You're using that up faster so you can get into that triglyceride or that adipose tissue um, sooner. So it's either, so these are the two sort of strategies that we're, that we're talking about. You either fast and do keto leading up to the meal, or you do fat, you do fasting, um, and keto after the meal. And at the end of the day, I am not going to give up my food. It is a source of pleasure for me. Like I was saying, this, the food, the baking, like the cinnamon, the nutmeg, all these, this is a beautiful source of pleasure for me. And life is frankly less colorful when we're constantly restricting ourselves and not allowing ourselves to experience pleasure. And women in particular, Bettys, my boardroom Bettys, I'm talking to you. We are particularly adept at denying ourselves pleasure, aren't we? You know, we don't allow ourselves to fully enjoy something like a holiday meal because what I have found in both my own personal life, the clients that I've worked with, my clinical experience is that we just obsess over what it's doing to our bodies. And honestly, the physiological effect of the carbs lasts, like we're talking to, for the most part, for most people, it's around two hours, right? You have, you know, you have the carby thing, you have the carby meal, you get the spike in glucose in the blood, insulin's going to respond to that. And then for the most part, we're back to normal in two hours. Like it's done, right? It's done. But if you are uh, I, I like to call you my boardroom Bettys. You know, it's like the type A personality. It's like the shame, the guilt, the punitive thoughts, the self-berating. Well, that doesn't last two hours. That that can last a lifetime, you know? Um, it lasts in my in my experience much longer than the than the physiological response to the sugar. And when you are constantly beating yourself up, those physiological consequences are far worse than the damn mashed potatoes and gravy on Thanksgiving. So I say this, all this to really say, I'm just inviting you to let go of the expectation that you need to be perfect. I'm inviting you, I'll say it again, so nice, I'll say it twice, all this to say, I'm inviting you to let go of the expectation that you need to be perfect because you don't need to be perfect. And plus, I just gave you two ways to kind of eat and enjoy your comfort foods, right? But even if you don't use those, even if even if the only takeaway that you get from listening to this is that you can become more aware of that voice that berates you and tells you how much of a loser you are for having the mashed potatoes or how unworthy you are, you know, or... I just want you to awaken to that voice's grip on you. And maybe you can move towards thinking about some ways that you can let it go. How can you begin to thank that voice? Because, well, I mean, at the end of the day, that voice is trying to protect you, right? Like it's, it came from somewhere. Uh, I always call them like the mothers, fathers, teachers, preachers, the fab four. 
you know, or someone in your community, like that voice, you weren't born with that voice. Someone gave it to you. Someone told you at some point that you are not worthy. You are not good enough. You are not pretty enough. You are not thin enough. You are not smart enough. You are not worthy enough, capable enough, all the enoughs, right? At some point, that has translated into your relationship with food. So how can we move towards letting go of that voice's grip on you while still saying, thank you for trying to protect me. I understand what you're trying to do, voice. I understand that you're trying to protect me, but I am going to have this mashed potato and I'm going to enjoy every last bit of it. I am going to allow the potatoes and the butter to melt in my mouth. And I am just going to have the pleasure, allow myself to surrender to the pleasure of, you know, whatever comfort food that you have been denying yourself. And that I think is some food for thought. Yes. I think that that's actually something that I would like you to ponder on um, and think about as we move into this holiday season. So with that, Betty, I will leave you to ponder on how we can release that grip. And I have also given you some strategies on how to enjoy, have your cake and eat it too. So using fasting, either pre-meal, post-meal to help you reach your metabolic goals. I hope that you have found this useful and we will continue to geek out on Geeky Magic next week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's Geeky Magic Carpet Ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. And now for the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship formed, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. This episode is brought to you by yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Estima and Leverage. Leverage handles all production, creates the images that you see on my social media, and takes out all my awkward pauses. They are my secret magic bullet. You can visit them at getleverage.com forward slash better.